Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's usually him, but he's not here today. Instead, I have a good friend of mine that I just met uh, from Locked On Raiders podcast. Your boy Q is joining us, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Raider, the Oakland Raiders, and maybe some of the influences that some Alabama players have had with them recently. And just talk about the NFL in general and get his sense on some things going on there with the Raiders. Uh, your boy Q, should I call you Q or your boy, or how do you want me to do this? <laughs> you can call me Q. It's all good, man. I'm just happy to be on with you, so you can call me whatever you want. Uh, I like – we'll stick with Q. I dig it. Um, well, that's great. Thank you so much for being with us and taking a little bit of time out of your busy day. I know you're a radio host as well, and, of course, you do your own podcast just like we do here. And um, you've got a ton of followers, man. That's great. Uh, I'm glad to see the interest is there for the NFL. You know, I've always loved the Raiders because they seem to be kind of like the Green Bay Packers to me. They have a bit of a college feel to them. I'm a college guy, and I love to see the passion in the sport. And I think the Raiders and the Packers in particular typically have as much passion for their teams like most college teams do. Yeah, that's no doubt. No doubt about it. They're one of the, you know, if you're thinking about a college, you know, they're one of the blue bloods of the NFL. You know, they're one of those that, that the NFL is better when the Raiders are a good team. And, you know, and the fans are so passionate, you know, growing up as a Raider fan, uh, I just know how much passion I had. And just to be able to parlay it into what I'm doing now with the Locked On Raiders and even being able to cover them, uh, even working at ESPN Central Texas, you know, I was just at the Texans and Raiders game on Sunday up in Houston and had a great time. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's one of the most passionate fan bases. Like you said, Green Bay, obviously they got Lambeau Field and that's just historical. There's certain teams out there and it's similar to, like you said, college football that have certain programs that are out there that are just historical and you know who they are by either their coaches, their owners, former players and all that. And the Raiders definitely, uh, they're part of that as well. So the main reason I wanted to speak to you though, obviously, is because of Josh Jacobs. Uh, this is a guy that played three years at Alabama. I don't know how much of his backstory you're familiar with. Um, maybe he's his the way he's performed in the NFL has been a pleasant surprise to you, just like it has been to most everybody. But um, he has got an incredible backstory, and he's just very much beloved here in the state of Alabama because he really was just an absolute workhorse when he was in the game. I know uh, a lot of other running backs may have overshadowed him on the depth chart and and maybe with the bright lights, but my goodness, nobody ran as hard as this kid, and it's carried over to the next level. Do you feel like he's the leading candidate for Rookie of the Year? Yeah, you know, it's funny about that. I was pounding the table before he was even drafted that I wanted the Raiders to grab Josh Jacobs just because of everything that you just said, including his backstory. I was very uh, big on Josh Jacobs. I loved his backstory. I loved how he's a humble kid, came from tough times, and, uh, you know, his dad, uh, you know, really took him under his wing and, and did a lot of good things for him, and they had to do stuff as a family together. I loved that whole story and just knew that he was going to be a hungry guy. I met him in Nashville before the draft and got an opportunity to talk to him. And uh, yeah, man, I I've been so excited about what he brings to the table. And, you know, this is the reason I wanted to be on with you is because I know that you know everything about him, you know, being there uh, from, you know, Alabama and covering the, the Crimson Tide. And I'm a big Alabama fan just because I feel like they're they're closer to an NFL team than, than most, you know, most college teams. And I'm a big NFL guy. 
So I always pay attention to what's going on with Alabama. And one of the things that I noticed about Josh Jacobs, uh, like you mentioned, everything he does as far as run the ball so hard and he blocks really well, he can run routes, he catches really well in the backfield, but he also didn't have a lot of wear and tear on his tires. You know, that was one of the things that really stood out to me is that, like you mentioned, there was guys that overshadowed him uh, when the lights stood bright and, and, you know, were in the game and they might have had a bigger name, but they didn't play better. You know, they weren't the better guy. I mean, they were just they had a stable of really great guys. And I knew Josh Jacobs was one of them. So I thought the Raiders could get a guy that could be an absolute game changer. So when they drafted him, number 24 overall, I said I pounded the table and said this guy will be offensive rookie of the year for, uh, for for the NFL. And I think that he's the leading candidate. The only person I could see that might be up there as well is Gardner Minshew from uh, the Jaguars. And that's only because he's a quarterback. Because as far as I'm concerned, Josh Jacobs is is really, uh, I mean, head, 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 no doubt about it, he's, he's the guy. He's a lead dog right now. But again, you know, quarterbacks get a little bit extra love than the running backs do. How have the fans reacted to him? I, I noticed today on Twitter he's, he's actually uh, – he's put out something about – he's donating already to several communities in the Nevada area. He's, it says here – I'm just looking at his Twitter trying to read it. Uh, he's, he's announced a partnership to provide 42,000 Nevada kindergarten kids with child ID kits. And, um, you know, it's just – that's just the kind of guy he is. And, again, going back to his backstory – um, he actually spent some time living in his car when he was in Oklahoma. Uh, he just, you know, he came from a, a modest upbringing, to put it mildly. And right. he, he's really a self-made man. And it's incredible to see him stay so uniquely humble through this whole experience. And now he's, again, he's doing so well in the league. How have the fans received him there? You know, the fans love him. They really do. You know, and some of them, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Half the fan base was scratching their head when he was drafted because you don't draft a running back in the first round. You don't need to. You know, a guy like that will be in the second round. But I didn't think he would be. I thought somebody would go ahead and take him. I was actually a little surprised that he lasted as far as he did to the 24. Uh, you know, I thought that there was a chance that maybe he would go a little bit higher. Uh, but glad that he didn't. Glad that the Raiders were able to pick him up. But, yeah, the fan base loves him now. Now that they're able to see it, and look, they they to 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 their defense, they didn't really know exactly what they were getting from them. They knew they were getting a, a running back from Alabama, and every one of them hasn't panned out in the league. And, you know, a lot of them have. You know, like Derrick Henry's doing pretty well. You know, Mark Ingram's done pretty well. He's done really good at moments, but you know, it just hasn't been that dude that's just been the world beater. You know, I mean, you, you go back to Trent Richardson and what all happened to him. So a, a lot of a lot of players or a lot of fans were kind of gun shy. Not to mention the Raiders had Amari Cooper, and now he's not in, in Oakland anymore. And so it kind of were uh, I don't know about Alabama guys, even though that was a whole nother story. You know, but. Uh, Josh Jacobs has really uh, embraced himself with the fan base, and the fan base has really embraced Josh Jacobs. They're very excited about not only what he's doing right now, but what he's going to continue to do in the future because he's a young guy, smart, smart guy. Like you mentioned all the stuff he's doing as far as giving back, and he knows where he came from. He knows his his upbringing and, and what he had to go through. And that was one of the things that stood out to me when I interviewed him in Nashville was he's so smart and so sharp and was talking about, he wasn't going to spend any of his paycheck money. He was just going to use endorsement money. Like he's on the ball. You know, he's one of those guys that has his head on, on straight. And, and that's, those are the kind of guys you root for. And so not only is the fan base excited about what he's doing on the field, but they're also excited that he represents the team. He's rocking the silver and black. You know, he's a good ambassador of the game on and off the field. So, I mean, it's a, it's a home run right now with Josh Jacobs. Really love what he brings to the table. You know, you brought up Amari Cooper, and that's somebody else I wanted to ask you about because, 
man, I really thought that was going to be a deadly combination with Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. And and I'm not exactly sure what all went down there, but Amari now, of course, in Dallas, and he's doing pretty doggone well there. I've got him on my fantasy team, pretty proud to say. <laughs> um, and so what did go on there? Can you fill us in? And also, how did the uh, how did the Raider fan, what did they think of him overall? You know, it was funny, man, because that was another guy that I was really excited about and really high on when he was in the draft because I, I saw everything he did at Alabama, and I thought, man, the Raiders need a new, a real deal, one number one wide receiver, and he was going to be that guy. And, you know, early on in his career, everything was was going pretty well. He had some drops here and there, but at the, for the most part, he was a big play guy. You know, I thought he was a really uh, dynamic wide receiver, and there was a year when him and Michael Crabtree both went over 1,000 yards receiving, and I'm thinking, man, they're on their way to having a, a, a dude, you know, a real deal stud. And somehow, man, he just fell out of favor with the coaching staff when uh, John Gruden took over and, and the last year in, Co- in Coach Del Rio's tenure. It just kind of seemed like he wasn't there and it seemed like he was checking out at, at moments. And, you know, from covering the guy, I mean, he's really, really quiet. He's not a he's not one of those, uh you know, loud wide receivers. And, and it's funny because I see him and I, I kind of cover him now when I cover the Cowboys. I see him and he's he's a little bit more vocal, has a little bit more energy to his voice and everything. And and that's kind of unusual for Amari Cooper, but he's it's almost like he's coming out of his shell. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just that one year under John Gruden uh, looked like he wasn't very happy being in Oakland, looked like he really wanted to get out of there. I know there was a couple games early in the season where it looked like he gave up on a few routes that led to Derek Carr interceptions. And he just it almost seemed like he was checked out for a little while. But man, I thought he was going to be dynamic. Like you said, you thought that was going to be a really good marriage. I did, too. I thought that that was going to be a real deal. I went out and got a a, a way jersey, Amari Cooper, got the home jersey, Amari Cooper. You know what I mean? Like I, I went all the way. in. I didn't think there was any turning back, but he's doing well in Dallas and, and I'm not mad at him. I've never been like sour on him as far as uh, him no longer being a Raider. I still think he's a, a heck of a guy. It just didn't work out. Sometimes you need to change things up. I talked to Tim Brown at the Super Bowl and I asked him about Amari Cooper and I said, what do you think went wrong? And he said, you know what? I think Amari Cooper thought he was a first round draft pick and he, he, he wasn't tradable. He wasn't movable. He wasn't one of those guys that had to worry about his job status. And then when he got traded, he thought, whoa, okay, I better I better be on my A game at all times. And I don't know if that's true or not. That was just what Tim Brown thought. And, and so mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of roll with that. Maybe he did get a little comfortable. I don't know. But I know in 2016 when the Raiders were winning, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree were having a great time. And uh, Amari Cooper was a dynamic player. And uh, I loved everything that he was doing. Dropped the ball every once in a while. But I'll take it because Amari Cooper was a stud. Just didn't work out. And, you know, I, I don't have any ill will towards him. So I wish him the best in Dallas. Okay, Q, you know how we do on our podcast. Um, This is going to make for an awkward segue. I haven't really learned how to transition to this live read on occasion, but you mentioned getting comfortable, and the folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. I don't know how you pull that off every day, but that that has become something funny that my co-host Jimmy Stein and I, uh, we, we've gotten to the point we really enjoy that live read. It's actually very cool now. I mean, because it's always interesting. How in the world am I going to make this transition seamlessly? I never pull it off, but you know what? We always squeeze it in there. So uh, let's go back to talking about the Raiders and some former Alabama players that were once on there. Of course you look, I can't talk about the Raiders and former Alabama guys without bringing up Kenny Stabler. Um, Is he still revered there in the area? Because he, I know he, God rest his soul, but 
he is uh he was a color commentator here for uh the Alabama Crimson Tide for a while and it was it was frankly just awesome. He he was Alabama football. He mispronounced names uh <laughs> almost every single down and he didn't care. He was just a hilarious guy. And I've got an interesting story to tell you about him, but I want you to tell me it, it, what you know about him or if, if the Raider Nation still thinks of him at all. Oh, he's a god. He's a god in Raider Nation. <laughs> uh, they, they, no, they, I mean, absolutely love him. And, you know, I'll tell you, uh, for me personally, being um, 43 years old, so I didn't get to see him uh, play all the time. You know, I, didn't, I, I just heard the stories of the great Kenny Stabler and how John Madden, if he had one quarterback that he could, you know, choose to have a two-minute drive and win the game, it would be the great Kenny Stabler. And, and I know Derek Carr just broke his, his Raiders record as far as passing yards for a franchise, and, and that's great. But, yeah, Kenny Stabler is – is very much loved by Raider Nation. And the thing about it, man, is I went to the the um, the Hall of Fame a couple seasons ago, a couple years ago when LaDainian Tomlinson was getting put in there. He's a local guy from my coverage area on my radio station. And so we went there, and I checked out the, the Hall of Fame. And, you know, Kenny Stabler barely gets in. He's not in uh, while he's alive, unfortunately. They waited till he passed before he was able to get into the Hall of Fame. And in his locker, no joke, I don't know if you've been there, but in his locker he has Alabama stuff, which is great because he was Alabama Crimson Tide. He was a guy. And then he has stuff from the Houston Oilers and the New Orleans Saints. There's <laughs> nothing. There is nothing in his locker that has silver and black. It has nothing, no kind of reference to the Oakland Raiders at all in his locker at the Hall of Fame. And I think that's tragic. I've heard that that actually came down from his family, like they wanted it that way. But I just think that that's awful. That's criminal. And that should never be done because Kenny Stabler is that guy. I mean, he, he's he, he made me almost say that. I wanted Tua to, to, to come in. If the Raiders were looking to bring in another quarterback, I was thinking about Tua just because he was a lefty, and I thought he had some yeah. Stabler-type tendencies. Oh, God, if if we could have – if he could have lived long enough and stayed the color guy for Alabama long enough to pronounce Tua Tungvaloa, it would have <laughs> – I mean, just one time. If he had just said it while Alabama was recruiting him, even if it had been in a violation, I wouldn't have cared. But the uh, the story about Kenny I want to tell you is – one time he was with a group of friends. I, I, I want to say Eli Gold told this story, uh, who is now the play-by-play guy for Alabama at some function I went to, but I can't verify that 100%. I just don't remember it that well. But uh, the story goes that they were at a bar, and it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was still having their beers after a game, and uh, they were just sitting around talking. And Kenny, of course, wanted to keep the party going. And the bartender said, all right, last call. And soon as he said that, Kenny stood up and threw his beer mug against the wall and it shattered everywhere. And everybody was like, what are you doing? Kenny said, man, I had to throw the ball out of bounds to stop the clock. We can't leave yet. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> so, so, I mean, who even thinks of doing that? You know, right. anyway. Uh, awesome. I, I like it. <laughs> uh, so. Okay, how about this name for you for former Bama guys at uh, Oakland? Rolando McLean. What does that make you think about? Well, it makes me think when he got drafted, I was super excited. Again, uh, I like those Alabama guys. I knew he was a Buckus Award winner. I'm thinking the Raiders haven't had a real deal linebacker. And it's funny we're talking about this because they still don't have a real deal linebacker that could be that difference maker that Rolando McClain was when he was a member of the Crimson Tide. And I was so excited. I remember exactly what I was doing when he got drafted. And I thought, oh, yeah, the Raiders are thinking defense now. They want to win on the defensive side of the ball. They want to have that guy, that that stud, you know, a guy who could be a perfect 
Oakland Raider. And I thought that that was him. And uh, it just, you know, he had moments where he shined and it was okay and he looked pretty good, but it just never was enough. It was never consistent enough. Uh, he ends up, you know, not not being a member of the Raiders that long, ends up in Dallas and he did okay. But I always said, and maybe this, maybe you could correct me on this. I always said, uh, the, the worst thing for McLean was to ever allow him to go back to Alabama because I felt like every time he went back to Alabama, there was some kind of trouble. When he was a member of the Raiders, he went to Alabama, gets arrested. You know, he's a member yep. of the Raiders, goes back to Alabama, his car gets shot at. You know, I mean, it just seemed like every single time he was in Alabama, there was trouble to follow him. And so that kind of started the doomsdays for uh, Rolando McLean. For, for, but, man, I'm telling you, I just thought he was going to be the guy. I did. I, I fell for the banana in the tailpipe. I thought he was going to be the guy and, uh, you know, lead the, that linebacking core for the Raiders for years to come. And I do believe there was a lot of Raider Nation that felt the same way. Oh, I think you're absolutely right there. And, man, if uh, – I mean, every Alabama fan listening to this right now – is is nodding their head as you say the worst thing that could have happened to him was to uh come back to Alabama it just you know it, it just he couldn't get you could take the the man out of Alabama you can't take mm-hmm. the Alabama out of the man sometimes and it's yep. so funny that you know some people just can't leave the bad influences they grew up with behind and I think this tragic for him because I think he could have been a Hall of Famer of all the superstar badasses that Nick Saban has produced, especially at linebacker. I mean, you're C.J. Mosley's, right. Dante Hightower, who scored just yesterday or two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these guys that are just monsters at the linebacker position. I think every Alabama fan would say if we can have one of them back, it'd be Rolando McClain. He grasped the defense like like nobody else. And, um, it, you know, it reminds me there was a comedian one time that said uh, – you know, he had hit it big, and, and one of, he said he went home, and one of his friends said, yeah, yeah, you've hit it big. Now you're going to forget all about us. You're going to forget where you came from. And the guy said, you damn right I'm going to forget where I came from. Why don't I want to come back here for? I'm, I've done well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to move on. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Rolando could have could have taken that, that advice too because, man, I thought he was on the path to stardom. I hate to see it. Look, one other guy who had a cup of coffee, I guess, in Oakland is A.J. McCarron. Um, yeah. And, you know, what what happened there? Was there ever any talk that, you know, hey, this guy may end up taking the reins for Derek Carr? Because I know Derek Carr had his troubles there for a bit. Um, it seems like he's turned it around to some degree. But what what's the thought process on A.J. McCarron while he was there? Yeah, it wasn't too much. You know, it was just a guy that was going to come in and be a, a backup for for Derek Carr. You know, I never really thought that McCarron had any opportunity to go in there and be the starting quarterback. Uh, I thought his best shot to ever be a starting quarterback is when the Browns attempted to trade for him, and then it just didn't shake out that way. It's like, they, it, it, I don't know if they didn't get the paperwork in or on time, or something happened where he ended up reverting back to Cincinnati, and uh, it just it just hasn't been that way for uh, for AJ. I never really thought he was a real big deal as far as a quarterback in the league. I thought he was good enough for what Alabama needed him to do because of that defense and that run game. And you know, it's not it's it's not like the the game is right now where it's all spread out and they got all these uh, you know high high offenses uh, running. You know, the SEC is running these high octane offenses now uh, compared to what it was. I mean, look what LSU is doing. You know, I mean, I remember I remember nine to six being games. You know, LSU versus. Oh, yeah. Alabama. those those were the good ones those are the ones i really enjoyed the most were those just uh they they they're boring to some people but to me they were great because they were defensive they were a lot of running uh you know and if you scored a touchdown you might just win that game so you know those, those are the kind that i really really enjoyed but uh yeah aj mccarron he wasn't really too too much of anything in, in oakland and and really honestly i, I thought the biggest uh, attraction for 
for AJ being in Oakland. I thought with uh, Brent Musburger being the, the voice of the Raiders right now that, uh, you know, AJ's wife, who was his girlfriend when he was in the national championship game and, and, uh, you know, Brent Musburger kept talking about how beautiful she was. I thought, okay, well, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be the bit, you know, that's going to be the thing. How he's the voice of the, the Raiders. He's going to talk about, uh, uh, and I forget her name. What was it? Uh, Webb or uh, I forget. Yeah, her. Catherine. Catherine Webb. Yeah. Catherine Webb. I believe that they're married now, right? Aren't they? Oh yeah, they've had they've had at least one child, and uh, yeah, they they're still doing great. Everything's great. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But I did. I thought that that was going to end up being one of the subjects of conversation was was her because that's just who Brent Musburger is. But it just never shook out. He never really uh, amounted to too much of anything in Oakland. Um. Yeah, you know what? That's so interesting. I'd forgotten just for a moment that Brent Musburger was the play-by-play guy for the Raiders because um, obviously, you know, here in Alabama, I don't get to listen to him all the time. I do listen to a lot of NFL games on Sirius. But uh, next time you talk to Brent, and I assume you talk to him some, ask him if he remembers shouting out Saran Stacy Explodes. Uh, <laughs> Alabama fans will remember that from the 1989 Alabama-Tennessee game. And um, it was at Legion Field, and it's just one of those memories I think most of us have. So let's talk about the Raiders' move to Vegas here for a second. I was in Vegas uh, actually on my way to the national championship game uh, back in January, and, man, that city is so ready to have the Raiders there. And, I mean, they're they're already going bananas over it. Mm -hmm. And Are you excited about it? Yeah, I am. And, you know, and I'm a Bay Area guy originally. You know, I'm, I'm from Oakland, California originally. And so I'm, I'm kind of sad for the city that they're losing their team for the second time. Uh, you know, but I get it, man. The stadium in Oakland is so bad. The Coliseum and I'll be there December 15th for the last uh, regular season game that they're going to have just to kind of shut down the Coliseum. I'm going to be there because it's a it's a hell of a place to be. It's a it's a great uh, it's a great atmosphere. The fans are awesome. So I feel bad for the Bay Area. Uh, the city of Oakland obviously struggles keeps to keep their uh, their teams in, in the city. Uh, but that's a whole nother subject. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited that they're going to get this brand-new stadium. They're going to be the professional team in Las Vegas. If you're, if you're not going to be in Oakland, why not be in Las Vegas? You know, it almost seems like it yeah. should be a city that the Raiders, you know, n- name the Raiders with the Raiders' history, with the kind of players that they've had on the squad, you know, guys that look like misfits at times have been brought in and all of a sudden, you know, bring their their career around. I mean, can you imagine imagine Kenny Stabler in, in Vegas all oh. the time? <laughs> I oh, mean, no, just... think about that, you know, so <laughs> – the the spread wouldn't be the issue. You'd be betting on whether or not he showed up for the game. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and how hungover he was from the night before. What <laughs> you know, what bar he smelled like, but he'd still go out there and play his tail off. You know, and so uh, I'm just I'm excited for them. You know, I think they deserve this, and uh, I know that uh, Vegas is going to embrace them. My mom lives in Henderson, so she tells me all the time how it's just growing and growing, and how the anticipation, like you mentioned, is getting there. I see updates on the stadium and how how far along it's coming along, and so. Yeah, man, as that city grows and the Raiders are going to grow with them, they already have the Golden Knights that are a successful hockey team there. I'm assuming that they're going to have a baseball team there pretty soon. I mean, there's just more and more teams that are going to migrate to that city. And luckily for the Raiders, they were one of the first ones. You know, the Golden Knights obviously are the first ones, but, you know, uh, them being the, the next ones to come in there and have that nice stadium, I think it's going to do a, a lot a lot of good for the team, for the organization, the value of the team. I, I just think it's it's going to be a super positive moving forward. Yeah, so do Raiders fans, you think they will follow them? I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, I'm just curious, like, how do you do this? Like, when St. Louis, say, the Cardinals move to Arizona the first time or whatever, you know, or the Rams move to L.A., 
are you still a Rams fan or were you a fan of the city's team? I, I just want to understand that a little more. I would think you followed the Raiders themselves, especially geographically being moderately close. But I, I, what do you think? The Raiders could play in Alabama and Raider fans would be <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, straight up. And, you know, it's funny, Greg Papa, who used to be the voice of the Raiders, he said it one time, and I noticed that every time he talked about the Raiders, he never said the Oakland Raiders or the L.A. Raiders or the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. He always just said the Raiders. He said they don't really, even though they play in Oakland, they've been there twice, they don't really have a a city. They're more like just almost, you know how they, they call uh, the Cowboys America's team. It's almost like they're the mm-hmm. world team, you know, like they really are the Raider nation. I mean, they're, they, everyone Raider fans are, are everywhere. And so I don't think that, you know, maybe 98% of the fans that are fans of the team right now will continue to be the, the fans of them when they move to Vegas, there might be a very small, you know, little, little patch of fans that say, you know what, uh, I'm upset because they left the, the Bay Area and, and I don't want to root for them anymore. But I think 98% of Raider fans all over the world will still continue to be Raider fans. I mean, hell, I'm in Central Texas and I'm a big time Raider fan. I was in Houston, like I mentioned on Sunday, and the stadium was, it felt like it was half Raiders. It wasn't, but it felt like wow. it because it was so loud. They were tailgating. I mean, there were so many Raider fans all over the place. Uh, whenever the Raiders made a great play, it was loud. I mean, people that were watching the game on TV were texting me and they're like, is it as loud there as it sounds like it is on TV? And I'm like, yes, it's absolutely loud. <laughs> there are so many Raider fans here. So they're one of the fan bases that travel really well. And that goes back to your earlier conversation about the Packers and the Raiders, you know, just one of those blue bloods, you know, the blue bloods travel just like Alabama fans are going to be wherever they're at for the national championship game or in the college football playoffs. They'll be there. That's just how Raider fans are, man. They travel really, really well. Yeah, that's so cool. I just had the thought while you were saying Dallas is America's team. It's sort of like Dallas is Superman and and the Raiders are sort of the anti-hero Batman or something like that. And and you you just know like Batman's always going to find a way to win somehow. I mean, Superman's got everything, but you don't want to screw with Batman either. So, uh, yeah, I dig that a lot. Okay, final question for you, because this is sort of the topic du jour. Uh, the NCAA is going to figure out a way to – pay players or allow players to be paid for their likeness and their name and their image. And, you know, as a, as a college guy, um, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I hope it doesn't affect the sport too much, but I think they have to do it. I do think it's patently unfair that if, you know, if you have a name and you have an image and and you want to sell your likeness and somebody wants to pay you for it, I think you should get paid for it. Right. But I'm, I'm worried about its effect on the college game in general. I don't want to be the NFL light. Right. Uh, But, but I'm just, I'm struggling with it because I think I know what's right at the same time. I know what I love. So it's a, it's a difficult proposition for, for somebody like me, but you know, hopefully they can work it all out. What are your thoughts on it? You know, it's funny that uh, you asked that. We were just talking about that on the, my radio show earlier today. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're right. You know, th- these players should have a right to make some money. If your name can, can mean something and make something, if someone's willing to pay you because they like you and, and your name means that much to them, that's great. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of I's that's got to be dotted, a lot of T's that have got to be crossed to make sure that it doesn't become, like you mentioned, NFL light. Or if it all of a sudden feels like, 
you know what? I'm just watching a professional game. You know, now I'm looking at pro athletes. There's something special about college. There's something special about the just the passion for the game and the the want to to go out there and play each and every game. And, and the fact that it's not about paying these guys like I'm all for them getting getting money. I've always said that, like, hey, if you can make some money, money off your name, go do it. But at the same time, you don't want to open up a, a super huge Pandora's box where it's just, you know, the rich get richer, the blue bloods of, of college football get richer and they're and you they're just clearly just dishing out tons of money or they're getting money from boosters to dish out at these guys i mean it's got to be taken care of it's it's gonna have to be a process they better not rush through it and, and get it done just take your time and make sure that you've gotten all the loopholes figured out and, and you make it as fair and even as possible because the most important thing is embracing that college lifestyle you still want to have that college feel even if they are making a little bit of money for their name Q, man, this was a blast. I absolutely loved having you on. Thank you so much. If I make it back out to Houston sometime soon, I'm taking you to lunch, man. It's all good. Let me know, man. Hit me up anytime. I really appreciate having me, uh, having, yeah, having me on your show, man. It's been a lot of fun. All right, buddy, and best of luck to the Raiders for the rest of the season and roll tide. Roll tide. I'm with you. <laughs>